So today we are going to talk about some visions that some folks had. And uh, to our video audience, welcome aboard. It's good to have you with us. Glad you joined us. My name is Sherwin. I'm the pastor here. And you are welcome to join us anytime you like. For more information, see our website, lakeandbethel.org. Today we are celebrating the arrival of Jesus. That's what Advent is. And when Jesus came to this world, he changed everything. He was born to institutionalized racism, where if you were not a Roman, you weren't much of anything. He was born in a country that was overrun by the Roman government. Just imagine a hundred foreign troops stationed at the Lake and Township Hall, and you would figure this out. That's what they had. All their government agencies were overtaken by the Romans. The Romans were collecting taxes on them. They weren't all that in favor of the Romans. One out of five persons in the Roman Empire were slaves. It was not based on your skin color. There were as many white slaves as black slaves as, as brown slaves. It wasn't based on that. It was based on whose country had the biggest army. And, of course, the Romans did. So that's the world that Jesus was born into. Now, we've made some improvements since then. But, you know, I was raised to be racist. My family was very much into that, that white people are superior to everybody else, and that men are superior to women, and that if you're poor, it's because you're stupid. You don't work hard enough. And that's how I was raised. My grandmother did not like it if I went out with a girl that, wasn't, that didn't have a Dutch surname. I had to make sure that I just didn't tell her about that. One of the early girlfriend's last name was Taylor, and she didn't like that at all. It didn't work out. But then, what happens if you're raised in that environment, you can't really shed it instantly. But then if you invite Jesus to overhaul you, he does. He changes how you treat people. And that how you treat people is the main mark of the true believer. Every once in a while, I need a reminder of that. I need a reminder to accept people as they are. Advent is a celebration of the arrival of the one who changes everything. And Jesus changes everything for the better. Someone invites you to ask him to change you. And when you do, hang on and buckle up because he's going to change you. You'll, he'll get busy changing you. And my recommendation is that you don't spend your whole life resisting what he has for you. There's two people in the New Testament we're going to talk about today. One is a fellow by the name of Cornelius. And Cornelius is an interesting character. This is an artist's rendition of what happened to him. The passage in Acts chapter 10 tells us that he was a good man. But he was a Roman. He was a ranking officer in the Roman military, not someone who was appreciated by the Jewish people who were taken over by the Romans. He was a commander in the Roman occupational army. But it says he was a good man, that he prayed a lot, that he gave gifts to the poor, that he didn't abuse his power. 
you know, a lot of those guys, if they, their troops needed food and you had food, they just came and took it. They didn't care. But that Cornelius, he actually helped the poor. This guy had a conscience, which made him different than the others. Now, Peter is another one we got to talk to, a fellow named Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, the impetuous disciple of Jesus. He was loyal to Jesus to all means, except for that one instance at the cross where he denied him three times. But he was loyal. And he was also loyal to Jewish law. He never ate anything that wasn't kosher. And he played by the rules. He had a good heart. But Jesus was changing him. Now, both Cornelius and Peter saw a vision. A vision from God. Different visions, but right at the same time. Cornelius got an angel, as this artist's rendition attempts to portray. And this angel shook him up. The angel told him that God had seen the good he was doing and that he needs to send for a man named Peter, whom he didn't know anything about. But he did it. He sent a couple of his folks to go find Peter. Meanwhile, the next day, Peter has a vision, but he doesn't get an angel. He gets a canvas full of critters. Now, here's what was happening. Peter was going to take a nap before lunch. And he was hungry, okay? So he practiced what I practice frequently, horizontal meditation, all right? And while he was doing that, God came to talk to him. He lowered a, the canvas with the critters on, and he says, go ahead, Peter, you can eat these animals. Peter argued. They're not kosher. I'm not going to eat snakes or giraffes or horses or whatever. Not even pigs or lobster. And uh, the voice said, go ahead and eat them. Now you look at those animals, and those are just some of the animals that are outside of the Hebrew diet. And uh, I see an alligator in there. And, you know, I... I had to try alligator a couple of times. And uh, the most recent time was in New Orleans. And, uh, well, it has the texture of chicken gizzards, but a really fishy taste to it. And so I didn't finish my order. One of the restaurants Diane and I went to uh, for breakfast had alligator egg omelets. I also passed on that. But, you know, I don't care if it's kosher or not. But Peter was arguing, and then the voice came a second time. Uh, just, you know, that's how the emphasis was placed. But this is what, uh, what, how the passage reads. The voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay. See, God is not as picky as we are. That's the obvious meaning of this vision. He's telling Peter it's okay to go hang with these Romans, even though everything in your culture says not to. So Peter goes to Cornelius' home. And then this is part of the dialogue that takes place. Talking things over, they went on into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. 
Peter addressed them. You know, I'm sure this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. Visit and relax with people of another race. But God has just shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came. No questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. And then Cornelius explains it that the angel told him to. It was time for Cornelius to hear about Jesus. And he did, and he received him. But this is how the dialogue goes. And this is from the message paraphrase. I really like the way it's worded here. It says, Peter fairly exploded with the good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere, among everyone. So Cornelius responded, and he was baptized. And that opened the door for non-Jewish people to become Christians. It was that single turning point in the history of Christianity. Peter stayed several days, according to the passage, in the home of Cornelius. And Jewish law forbade anyone, any Jewish person, to stay in a house of a person that wasn't Jewish. But yet he did. That was a big change for early Christianity. God was showing us that it's not to be a closed system. Paul echoes this a few years later. In his letter to the Galatians chapter 3, he says this, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ. So that means in Jesus, there's no longer race. There's no longer economics. There's no longer gender. I believe that when Jesus comes in with his Holy Spirit, he spots the spiritual tumors that are growing in us, the spiritual cancers. And there's a big one that likes to grow in all of us called judgmentalism. And when he comes in, it's like a <coughs> super radiation treatment. He starts shrinking that tumor, slowly but surely, so that when we run into somebody new and somebody that we used to wouldn't have given the time of day to, we see them differently. Instead of saying, that person is doing something wrong, you say, how can I help? And that was Peter's new creed. He didn't judge, he helped. Now, those of you who are regulars here know that since about 1965, I've been a fan of the Rolling Stones. It's a weakness I have. That's why I always welcome old hippies into Lake and Bethel. But Keith Richards is, uh, is somebody that I've appreciated. I've listened to his songs hundreds of times. And uh, today I put him up because I wanted to show that ring off. I even drew a little circle around it. 
because it's a skull ring. And he was interviewed about why he wears a skull ring all the time. His fingers are all arthritic now, and he's going to be 80 next week. But, you know, he, uh, he's been wearing that ring for decades, since the 60s. And he said that he started wearing it because he wanted to look scary. <laughs> he's basically a shy person. And when you've played guitar for more people in the world than anybody else, you really can't be shy. Maybe that's why he took some heroin along the way. But he had this, this ring on his finger, and he said, you know, I keep it, and he's got a collection of skulls now as a reminder that we're all the same on the inside. We all have a skull. That's kind of a weird way of doing it, but he's Keith Richards. He can get by with it. One of the greatest changes Jesus makes in us is that we can no longer judge fellow humans. And that is a needed change. If God says it's okay, then it's okay. And we need reminders of that. We need reminders to accept people who vote differently than we do. We need to accept people who drive differently than we do. We need to accept people who have a different sexual orientation than we do. Instead of saying, how stupid these people are. We say, how can I help? See, because Jesus changes everything. He forgives his, your past. He sends his spirit, the Holy Spirit, into you quietly most of the time. And that starts shrinking your judgmental tumor. And he'll shrink it right out of you. Because Jesus is no longer a benign baby in a manger, but he is the great physician who's working to heal you. So let's invite him to make that healing process. If it's already in process, let's invite him to accelerate it. If it's not in process at all, let's invite him to begin. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, today we come to you broken. Broken, and we probably have these tumors growing on our souls. We invite you as the great physician to come in and fix those things. We want to be your servants, so we open ourselves up to you. Come on in and make those changes. We thank you for it. Amen.